Well, good morning, everybody. We're glad that you're with us today, joining with us on Facebook Live or through Dial-In Church or listening to the sermon uh, at some point in the future. I'd like to welcome you here today. I'm Pastor Adam. And uh, we have been going through a sermon series. The sermon series is entitled Eyes on Jesus. And what we're doing is we're examining the last chapters of the New Testament book of Mark. And our goal is to look closely at the people who encountered Jesus during the hours before his crucifixion. We want to know, how did people see Jesus? When their eyes were on Jesus, what did they see? Did they see the Savior? Or did they see a threat? Or did they simply look at Jesus with worldly eyes? And that's the title of today's sermon in our series, Eyes on Jesus. Today we're looking at worldly eyes. Do we look at Jesus with worldly eyes? We'll also look at a, at a guy named Pontius Pilate. He was the Roman governor of Judea during the time of Jesus. How did Pilate see Jesus? Well, we'll see that Pilate, because he didn't have faith, could only see Jesus with worldly eyes. And the point of today's sermon is this. Because Pilate had worldly eyes, he chose convenience. Pilate chose convenience, and so do we. But Jesus didn't choose convenience. Jesus took the cross. And by taking the cross, he chose you as his own. And now you... And I are called not to convenience, not to live convenient lives, but to the way of the cross for the benefit of our neighbors. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you today and we acknowledge our need of your grace and mercy. Lord, you are gracious and merciful to us. And we ask that you would now speak to us through your word. Give to me, your servant, the words to say that I would be faithful and true to you. And give all who are joining in in this service eyes to see you for who you really are. And after we see you through your word, make us your faithful servants. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're home and you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. This is hours before Jesus' crucifixion. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, you have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast, he, re, he uh, used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up, and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them saying, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered Jesus up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. 
And Pilate, at, and Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole battalion. And they clothed Jesus in a purple cloak. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with the reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. And they led Jesus out to crucify him. Here ends the reading of God's word. Here's the point of the sermon. Because Pilate had worldly eyes, he chose convenience. He chose convenience and so do we. But Jesus didn't choose convenience. Jesus took up the cross. And by taking up the cross, he chose you as his own. And now that you are his, now that you are ransomed, you're not called to a life of convenience. You're called to the way of the cross. And you're called to the way of the cross for the benefit of your neighbor. Pilate shows convenience. And brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not called to convenience. Jesus never said, come follow me. Follow me, be a disciple of mine, and live a life of convenience. Church, we're not called to convenience. Now don't get me wrong. I like convenience. I like the conveniences of, of this world and this culture that we live in. Just this morning, I drove into McDonald's, ordered my food. Within less than two minutes, I had breakfast. I like convenience. I like the conveniences of, of our technological world. It's technology that's connecting us now. I like the convenience now of watching television and choosing whatever I want to watch, whenever I want to watch it. For the most part, I don't have to wait until my favorite TV program airs on TV. Now thinking back, do you remember the days when you had to wait until your favorite TV show aired? I remember the first shows I was into as a kid. And I remember being so excited to watch two shows, The Dukes of Hazard and The A-Team. I remember being so excited on the evening just before the time those shows would air on TV. For many of us, our, our, our lives, especially our evenings, revolved around the TV schedule. And if you missed your favorite TV program, you had to wait until it aired again as a rerun. And many of us remember reruns, how much we hated to watch reruns. I like convenience, you like convenience. But the church is not called to convenience. The mission of the church is never 
It is never convenient. The work that we are given is to take up the cross and to serve our neighbors. But Pilate chose convenience when the Jews wouldn't stop shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate chose the convenient way. He released a murderer named Barabbas. And he gave Jesus over to brutal Roman soldiers to be crucified. Why? Why didn't Pilate choose to do the right thing? Why did Pilate choose convenience over doing what would have been right? Because when Pilate saw Jesus, when Pilate's eyes were on Jesus, he didn't see Jesus with the eyes of faith. Pilate saw Jesus with worldly eyes. And it was Pilate's worldly eyes that caused him to to appease the Jews, to do what was convenient. So I pray that, that you see Jesus with eyes of faith, that you have eyes of faith to see Jesus as your Savior. Because Pilate had worldly eyes, he chose convenience, and so do we. Brothers and sisters in Christ, these are not convenient times. We're all aware of the inconveniences of this coronavirus quarantine. But we do know that the God has us where we are right now for a purpose. Did you know that God doesn't make mistakes? He doesn't allow things to happen in our world without a reason. Now today I'm not going to speculate about the why of coronavirus. There is no way for me to tell you why God would allow this. But I will tell you about the how of coronavirus. You see, you're not called to sit and watch Netflix all day long. That's convenient. Right now, you are called to serve your neighbors. And serving as a Christian is not convenient. But it's the right thing to do. Call your neighbors. Yeah, observe social distancing, but engage with people. People now are probably lonelier than than ever before. Not only is it a pandemic of coronavirus, but it's a pandemic of loneliness. Engage in conversations as you walk around your neighborhood or work in your yard. It's time for the church to be deployed into a hurting world. And I imagine that there are some of you listening or watching today, and you've never met your neighbor. Never met your neighbor. Today's the day to meet your neighbor. So I can't speculate the why of coronavirus. Only God knows why. But I'll tell you the how. The how of coronavirus for believers. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. And when your eyes are on Jesus, you cannot help but serve for your neighbor's benefit. Don't choose convenience. This is not a time to pause. This is a time to serve. Because Pilate had worldly eyes, he chose convenience, and and so do we. It's, It's who we are by nature. But Jesus didn't choose convenience. 
Jesus took up the cross. And by taking up the cross, he chose you. He chose you as his own. I'm going to give you a verse today that summarizes really what I have to say next. It's from Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. This is a good verse to memorize. If you've never memorized it before, Matthew 20, 28. Matthew 20, 28 says, The Son of Man came not to be served. He didn't come to be served. That would be convenience. Oftentimes I wonder what it would be like to be so rich that I could afford servants and they would do everything for me. And Jesus had every right to be served, but he said the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. He came to serve you. He came to serve the world. So he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's why Jesus came. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28. Jesus didn't choose convenience. Jesus chose the cross. He died. He died for you. Moreover, his, his, his death was the ransom payment for you. Did you know that Jesus paid the ransom for you? He suffered and he died to pay the ransom for you to be released from sin, from death, from hell, and the devil. Did you know that without Jesus, without faith in him, you're held as a hostage to sin, to death, to hell, and the devil? But Jesus loves you so much that he chose the cross, which is the ransom payment for your freedom as a hostage. The cross proves that you didn't choose Jesus, but that Jesus chose you. He went to the cross for you. Jesus chose the, the cross to pay for your release as a hostage of sin of death and of hell and the devil. So when you see Jesus, you should see him as the one who chose to release you, as the one who, who chose to pay your ransom and to set you free. Because Pilate had worldly eyes, he chose convenience. And so do we. But Jesus didn't choose convenience. He took the cross, thus choosing you as his very own. He paid the price with his precious blood. You are set free. You belong to him. You are chosen. It always feels good to be chosen. From the world's vantage point, not many of us would be worthy of being chosen. We don't have the talent or the brains or the money to be considered great in the world's eyes, to be chosen. But God doesn't look at you from a worldly perspective. He sees you with perfect love. God sees you with a love that says, I choose you. I choose you to be set free so that you can be my very own. 
point of the sermon, because Pilate had worldly eyes, he chose convenience, and so do we. But Jesus didn't choose convenience. He took up the cross, thus choosing you as his own. And now you are called not to a life of convenience, but you are called to the way of the cross for the benefit of your neighbor. As one ransomed by Jesus, you're called. You're called. Not to convenience, but to service. Because you have been ransomed, It is now your desire and it is your joy to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. It is our desire and joy as those ransomed by Jesus to follow Jesus because he's the one who paid the price for us. Even though it's inconvenient for us to take up the cross and follow him. Ransom believers follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And if, if you've never been ransomed by Jesus, you don't know freedom. Only those ransomed by Jesus are, are compelled, are, are moved to follow Jesus, even though it's inconvenient. Another passage for us this morning, Luke chapter 9. Verses 21 through 25. Luke 9, 21 through 25. And here Jesus is speaking to the disciples about the cost of following him. And Jesus said, and he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Pilate had worldly eyes. He chose convenience. So do we. But Jesus didn't choose convenience. He took up the cross, thus choosing you as his own. And now you, brothers and sisters in Christ, are not called to convenience but to the way of the cross for the benefit of your neighbor. Jesus chose the inconvenience of the cross for your benefit. Now you're called to follow Jesus. You're called to follow in his footsteps, daily taking up your cross and living for the benefit of your neighbor. Knowing that you will be inconvenienced, that it will be difficult, that it will be hard, But this is what we're compelled to do. We're compelled by the love of God to do this. And I close the sermon today with this story. It's the story of Karen Watson. Karen Watson felt God's call to go to Iraq. She responded to God's call by resigning her job, selling her car, house, 
and almost every other possession that she had. She said, God's calling me, I'm selling everything. When she left, everything that she owned was contained in one duffel bag. And today her duffel bag has become a reminder of the work she did in telling people in Iraq about Jesus Christ. Now at Watson's funeral, her family shared her story with Jerry Rankin, the president of the Southern Baptist International Mission Board. He then took Watson's message of sacrifice to a mission conference in New Orleans. And he encouraged students, faculty, and staff at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary to consider missions not out of obligation, not out of obligation, please never serve out of obligation, but because she was compelled by the love of Jesus. So he was encouraging people, don't serve out of obligation, but, but serve because you are compelled by the love of Jesus. So he shared Watson's story. He said, media and culture, they, they, they don't get it. Why would anyone go to a place that their lives would be at risk? Then he added, we've all succumbed to a culture and a philosophy where it's all about me. It's all about my comfort, all about my security, all about my future in this life. And people in this culture, they never understand that there is something worth giving your life to. That there is a purpose that's worth dying for. But the world doesn't understand that. The world doesn't understand that. Rankin says, no one becomes obedient to the point of giving their life through a sense of obligation because Jesus told them to go. He says, no, you're driven by a passion in your heart for a lost world. In addition to her duffel bag, Watson left a letter with her pastor. And that letter was to be opened only upon her death. When the letter was opened after she and three other workers were murdered in Iraq, Watson made it clear that she had counted the cost of going. In handwritten capital letters, she wrote, there are no regrets. There are no regrets. From the perspective of worldly eyes, to go to Iraq, to share the gospel, to die is foolishness. Or to serve others when it's inconvenient for you is foolishness. But to those of us ransomed by the cross, overcome by the love of Jesus, there's no regret in taking up our cross, serving our neighbors, to the glory of God. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're those guilty of choosing convenience over the cross. We thank you for choosing the cross for us and for our salvation. We now ask that you would move us to take up our cross, knowing that it's not convenient. It requires sacrifice. But you've called us to inconvenience for the sake of our neighbors. And Lord, you know, you know that we're living in 
the middle of a pandemic that is sweeping our world. It's caused people to become isolated. People have lost their jobs. People are suffering. And Lord, it's, it's right around us. It's next door. It's across the street. It's the, pers- it's the people that we, that we work with. So Heavenly Father, help us to go to our neighbors. Help us to go to our neighbors in, in ways that are safe and helpful, that we would serve them. To open our ears to listen. To open our mouths to pray. To move our hands and feet to give. And help us to see you for who you are. And help us to see our neighbors as you see them. And you see them with deep love and concern. Amen.